a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Hello and welcome to another edition of Footy Talk, a listener podcast. I'm James Graham, joined by Greg Inglis and Connor Watson. Today, we are going to be dissecting the Cowboys season, a poor loss at home to the Cronulla Sharks. And we'll also be touching on Connor's future and what it holds for him. And we'll be talking about Tavita Pengai Jr. leaving the game for boxing. Hello and welcome to Footy Talk, a listener podcast. The boys are back. It's been a while. Connor Watson, how are we doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, Jimmy. It's been ages. Hey, it's just kept having training on Fridays. So unfortunately had to miss a couple of weeks. Your, but your first grade career getting in the way of yeah. what's most important. But anyway, we'll let you off. Greg Inglis, good to be back. Yeah, boys. I think it's been about three to four weeks since I was seeing his last. Out in the road, traveling again. Uh, there's been a few... Little things going on with um, family and that back home, so hence the reason why I wasn't here last week. So, but boys are back together, bands back together, the we're band's, back. band's uh, back. But it looks like the Cowboys they were poor last night, season on the line, in my opinion. What are we thinking? What's the fallout from that game, Connor? I'll come to you first on that one. I mean, for for us personally, I'm quite happy about it. You know, we we needed those guys to to lose for us to still sort of be a chance. So. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at where it went wrong for them, it's probably the start of the year. It was the same as last year, but they just probably didn't find form early enough or can see uh, have it for a long enough period of time like like they did last year. But, yeah, like it just gives us a good opportunity. So I'm, that's what I'm sort of focused on. I'm a bit biased in that sense. And I think the Sharks are maybe starting to prove some people wrong. You know, they've had – obviously they had that loss against Penrith – but then they had a big win against South and then last week against the Titans. But, you know, last night, it's a big game. People have spoke about their character in big games or, or not standing up and, and they did it and they put on a really good performance. So. I agree with you there. It's, it just shows where the Sharks are at. They're building on from last year. Is that three from three from four Sharkies it from is, that yeah. stadium? Oh, they, they, I don't think they've been beaten there. They, they, they've got an incredible record up yeah. there in, uh, at, at the, in, in Townsville. Townsville. Yeah, especially at that new stadium. I'm not too sure they would have went so well at the old one at Dairy Farmers. In the day, Sharks proved, like you just said, Connor, proved a lot of people wrong, people in the footy world, fans itself, themselves, and they just really showed up and played. You know, I think the first 20, 25 minutes, that was on the back foot. And then for them to turn around, like, grind out that storm in the first couple of minutes. You know, I think the ball was in play for seven minutes to start off the game. So it was more like a finals 40 mentality. It was a, it was a very finals-like game, especially at the beginning. Both teams, high completion rate. I think both teams were 100% close to around the 20-minute mark. But then it was the, the Sharks bench that came on and really made a difference. And I think the Cowboys will look at that game and think we conceded a couple of soft tries through the middle. Hazelton with a run on the last short ball and Royce Hunt as well. Really, those are tries you shouldn't be conceding. And when they were 12-6 up, the Cowboys, to go on and lose that game 32-12, I, I think Todd Payton's got to read them the right act, right yeah. act for that. Craig Fitzgibbon will be very happy with their performance. Todd Payton, you reckon you made a mistake by keeping Colin Hess on the bench for that long or not starting him? Yeah, look, it... it 
it's hard to to know exactly what went wrong there, but those two tries in particular that you'd be filthy at conceding, like two tries right through the teeth of you. They start Tamalolo, Cotter, and uh, McLean. Like that's a really that's strong a start, and then mm. the the rest of the guys came on. And I actually thought before the game kicked off, I thought the strength was with the Cowboys bench, but you know the, the Sharks proved us wrong. And I think you know just moving out of, out of way of the the Cowboys now that basically need results to go their way. They need Newcastle to lose on Sunday against South Sydney, and then they've also they they finish off the season with the Dolphins and then Penrith. Penrith yeah. may rest a couple. For that last game, the Cowboys need that to happen because they're not going to beat Penrith playing like that. But onto the Sharks, their defense, their scramble, it was absolutely sensational last night. It looked like they were, they they knew what they were playing for. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Jimmy. I agree. I think, you know, they probably, especially that first try to drink water, like when you give a guy like that space, you've got to go after him. They're probably disappointed with that by the way they turned it around for the, you know, the last 60 minutes of that game was impressive and, I just think for the Cowboys, speak about putting pressure on Drinkwater, when you've got like guys like Nico and Trindle and Connor Tracy at fullback, you can't give them space and you can't like watch them and let them run and be on the back foot when they're attacking. You've got to go at them. But the Cowboys just gave them too much time and space. And then when you've got big, powerful blokes in and around them, like Royce Hunt, like that try, for example, where he just ran through three or four of them. Tom Hazelden crashed over. Like you've got to sort of go after those guys so they don't have the time and space to to feed blokes like that. Just going back on Tracy, he's formed like in the last couple of weeks. You know, even though the Sharkies are up for, you know, that last little bit, he goes at a things 100 miles an hour. He doesn't take his foot off the pedal. And, you know, it, when he was out south, he was a 5'8", 5'8", mm. half. So that ball playing skills that he's got as well has come back from then. But he's just... He's helped the gun. Sharks. Yeah. Mm. He's probably underrated for what he does in that outfit with, with the Sharks. You know, come to the semi-fight minute, he was still doing and taking hit-ups the way he <laughs> the way he started the game. And that's what you need. That's what you need in these finals 40. And also, you know, we're talking about the, the defense side of it. What Connor did, I think there was um, Townsend put a kick up, the ball bounced, Cowboys got it back, and then he took the time and that space away from whoever received it, where, you know, you're talking about time and space. Cowboys gave Sharks too much space. But then you look at that there, for an example, what what happened in the game, that's what Sharks were doing all night. They were taking it away and it just showed Connor Tracy's effort on that. He, he saved the try. Yep. You know, he and did. he took it away. Yeah, he did. And another player that has come into the Sharks team that's playing really well is Trindle. I thought he was just allowed so much space. He, he had an eternity to kick every single time he got the ball. Uh, it's great to see him back in first grade, but that leads us into you, Connor. Yes. Is there a chance of you uh, making a return this season with only three games to go? What's the what's the latest with the, the knee? Yeah, it's probably getting a little bit thin, the, the chances, I'd say. We started running a couple of weeks ago, and it was good. It was feeling really good, but the quad just wasn't strong enough. Like, I'm like, just didn't have enough endurance in my legs. So went and got some testing done and it was just two weeks. So I've gone back to doing strength, trying to get my quad bulk and like, cause my hamstring was as strong as my quad on, my, on that leg, which is not supposed to be. Your hamstring's supposed to be like 60% of your strength. So yeah, quad was just way too weak, but 
why that had happened was because remember how I spoke to you guys about the swelling yeah. early on? It just meant that I couldn't do sort of the quad exercises, but that's just like a, it's just part of what comes with the patella tendon and the surgery is it just, that's why they can take so long. So we just had to stop doing quad exercise. I was just doing heaps of hamstring exercises. Yeah. yeah. And my hamstring got like so how's, strong and the quad got How's your glute? Strong. Yeah. Good. On that side. Good. Because yeah. that's what another thing that you got to work on as well. <laughs> I'm laughing at knees because I've done absolutely no training. All I've done was travel. I'll complain about my knee. Went and seen the <laughs> physio. I've got a little tear on my meniscus no from doing nothing. I swear. <laughs> I swear. So you got a lot to look forward to. Mm. <laughs> well, it, but it, it is wait. one of them though where like yeah. you often see where one a player will injure a certain body part and then all the parts will overcompensate or undercompensate and then you know you, you end up on a track of like constantly strains and pulls and tears in other area of that leg. But it's great that you're across that. I asked you a few weeks ago about mm. doing the aquatic <laughs> The aquatic exercise. Oh, yeah, I haven't done any you yet. haven't done anything yet. <laughs> I've been swimming a bit, but I haven't done any. I should, I'm actually yeah. being legit about that. What about gymnastics? Another tip that I gave you. No, I haven't nah. done any gymnastics yet, but I will for sure. I want to, I might actually. You sound so sincere. No, I'm I'm really thinking about it. I wouldn't say like the knee would be super happy with me doing gymnastics yeah like the the bouncing and stuff but because when I, I did an ankle years ago at the roosters we did mm. gymnastics we would actually go to this trampoline place it was pretty like part of training like it was like me naps and jared when jared oh was coming God. back from his acl <laughs> we'd go to this trampoline place the three of us but like funny that out of all three of us um, the two big boys were way better at doing flips and like everything yeah. compared to me. Naps, that is, that is brilliant. Naps used to be, I don't know like, if you know this, he used to ride BMX when he was a kid, like to the point of when he was, say, like 18, he could do, he was doing like backflips in skate parks and stuff. But what happened was, I can't imagine a man that big no, doing backflips on a BMX. He got too big for his bike. <laughs> and then And then it was like, okay, I can't afford to get myself a new BMX, so I'm just going to play footy. <laughs> play footy or go to a mountain bike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a career choice. Uh, juggling the the rehab uh, with your future. Uh, yeah, It's been reported you've been having some conversations with some other clubs. Is there any update on that? Yeah, so um, it should all be sorted in like the next week or two, which is good because it was like a little bit, uh, stressful, I'd say. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Just I think the the fact of me not being able to play and like put myself forward because you know if I was playing it would have all been wrapped up by now. Like you know when you're playing and playing first grade and and playing at a good level, these things sort of happen. But I think it was just like because I wasn't playing, my hands were held a little bit in a sense. So yeah, we started to you know have some conversations with some different clubs and. Um, sort of got to, you know, the point where, yeah, you know, I, I could have potentially left, but my intentions were always to to stay at the Roosters. So it's looking likely. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. So, yeah, hopefully that's all sort of done. But we, yeah, because, you know, I, I come back to the club from the nights. Like I left for, for a reason, you know, I, I want to continue playing under Robbo. I want to continue yeah at the Roosters and, you know, I've got some things to tick off there and I felt like, you know, if I did leave, it's probably leaving with unfinished business again and, yeah, I felt like 
you know, it's important for me to, to try and stay. So hopefully that's all sorted in the next couple of weeks and, and we can just move on and worry about, you know, the, getting the leg right and whether hopefully the boys make the finals and, and you know, we keep um, focusing on that. But, yeah, looking forward to having a really good preseason and getting stuck well, in Well, buddy, so. whatever holds for you, good luck with it. Hope it all pans out sooner rather than later. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that, Greg. Look at that. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it's um, great news for you. It's great to be mm. wanted as well. Uh, it shows you're doing the right thing and uh, great news for the Roosters if they if they get to keep you, mate. Uh, we'll you, take Jim. a quick break and we'll be back shortly. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Footy Talk, a listener podcast. I'm James Graham with Connor Watson and Greg Inglis. While the Tigers, it's the, <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving, the soap opera... That is the West Tigers continues on with another magnificent episode this week. Tim Sheens steps down, is moved on. Benji will take over next year. Uh, Luke Brooks had some interesting thoughts on this. It's not that I don't care. It's just, yeah, I'm not going to be here, so it probably doesn't really affect me. Do you think the club putting a deadline on you influenced the decision and was a bit of a deal breaker? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, definitely when they when they did that at... I think it made my mind up. Yeah, so he's not too bothered. He's not going to be there. I, I, I get that. And the stuff around the deadline, I think that's got to be done. And, you know, I think people have made um, some comments about the half situation at the Tigers next year. They bring in Jaden Sullivan, who I've worked with at the Dragons before. He's got so much potential. We've seen him play NRL and we've had a glimpse of his capabilities. And then also Aiden Caesar coming back as well, an experienced half who's been amazing at Canberra and had done some great things over there in the Super League. So it, it, it's not all doom and gloom for the Tigers, but were you guys surprised to see Benji take over so quickly? So what, what does Sheens have another year for next year? He was supposed to have next... The plan was Sheens would continue on next season, uh, then Benji would take over and Sheens would move upstairs, if my memory serves me right. But it's been... Sheens is completely out of the picture now, going to be in an ambassador-style role. So I don't think he'll have a hands-on football... Uh, role moving forward. Well, I'm not really surprised by it. If you look at the way the the box is set up, the way he's he's pretty much groomed Benji into it. You know, look at the press conference and that. It's not Benji's rocking up. But it, 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 this is one of the things that people are talking about. Yeah. Gi, it's like, well, if Sheen's is there solely to take the bullets, why are we fast tracking Benji to take the bullets for next year? Yeah. Like, if Benji's running the ship, but Sheen's is the fall guy. Like, would you not want to keep that going for for a little while longer? You would, but I think what Brooksy said there, he doesn't know who makes the, the decisions, like where being passed down or not. So again, we're sitting here talking about another joint venture club. We've been talking about the Tigers and what's been going on over there, and it just goes to show we, after what Brooks's comments were, then this has come out about obviously him leaving. It doesn't really surprise me at all, to be quite honest. You know, that's my personal opinion. Sitting back and having a look at him, you know, from the outside looking in and seeing what's going on with the coaching roles and what's what else has been said about him, it doesn't surprise me that Sheens has already taken that step back and overlooking a lot of things. But I agree with you, right? Again, like why wouldn't Benji front up and take those bullets if he if they're grooming him to be in that role? Well, he's going to have to do that next year. Reports are he's going to bring Josh Morrison for his assistant. Look, it's a big ask for a coach that hasn't had his own team. Benji will be, be super confident, but can we expect to see any change uh, in the Tigers' 
I, I think they've actually performed a bit better this year, but can we see with Benji taking over, can he get more wins on the board for next season? That's um, for the players and that to actually turn around. Can he get that? Can he come up with a game plan, a defensive pattern to get them over the line? Not consistently. Like, no. I think I think it's going to take a while. Consistently, yeah. no. I think, and, and I then th- you throw in that pressure and that scrutiny. Like Benji's focus should be on X's and O's, but there's more to coaching than that. Mm-hmm. Everybody that's been around the game for for a long time knows that. You know, in an ideal world, every coach just goes, "Oh, you know, my mood is going to stay m- maintain. Um, I'm not going to be affected by win or loss. <laughs> I'm going to stick to the plan. Hey, five year plan at the Tigers. After a year, it's gone already." You know, this is what I want to be known for. These are my um, values. Values is the way that I was looking for. Yep. This is what this is what I want to stand for. But then the pressure comes on, and it all goes out. It the all window. goes out the window. Yeah. Back to your question. No, I don't see getting any better, I, especially I, next year. Sorry, I think that him being so closely removed from playing only a couple of years ago will help in that sense, because I think he would have a good understanding of how head coaches going through tough times can subconsciously affect yeah. the, the mood of the group. I think that that will help him um, because, you know, he's a, he's an ex-player. Like he was only playing four or five years ago. So, but, you know, when the pressure comes, it's just well, him, him being, being able well, to deal with and, it. And that's the point. If he's running the ship already, if mm. he's coming up with the X's and O's yeah. and it's not getting results – but he doesn't have to deal with that pressure and that scrutiny and that all eyes on Benji, dealing with the press. I, I respect him for not doing any media this year. I, I I understand why he's chosen not to speak, but next year he's not going to have an option. So if, if things are already in place where he's running the team, picking the team, coming up with the attacking game plan, well, it's not worked this year. So how's it going to work next year when he's got the added ingredients of the pressure and the scrutiny? Like I said, it goes back to your original question. I don't see them improving um, next year, maybe in glimpses like they have this year. But again, I reckon it's a more of a long-term plan. You know, we've seen mm. massive names, head coaches go to Tigers and it hasn't worked out for them. Michael Maguire, he's had a five-year stint there and still nothing. So maybe you may go back to a different training style with Benji, may go back to a lot of different things where you can probably change it. But again, as Brooksy said just then, he doesn't know who makes the, the decisions there. But it always starts in, from the top up, you know, yeah. from the, and it filters down. I think, like, they also need to improve their depth in their squad as well. That's a big thing. Obviously, losing Brooks, got Dewey injured. So they're bringing mm-hmm. in two guys. Like, Aiden Caesar's got a lot of first-grade experience. I think he'll do a good job of getting him, ar- yeah. get him around the park and he's got a good kicking game, kick him in the corner as well. And then, you know, it's a good opportunity for Jaden Sullivan to really kickstart yeah. his NRL career. And then I think Jareen Bull is a terrific player. you got Appy Corusau. We, we know what he can do. Well, he's, they're starting to learn star. how to play off him, right? Yeah. And, and I actually think I, I like their forward pack. It's probably just adding like a bit more experience in, you know, whether it's the yeah. outside backs or – and just some more – I think leaders in in that squad would would help. Yeah, help them a lot. Well, yep. no, no doubt the the Tigers so proper will continue uh, to keep on giving us gifts to talk about. One of those players that they could go after, who's not going to be playing at the the Bulldogs, he's going to uh, turn his attention to the world of heavyweight boxing. Is to beat a Pangai Junior. Are you guys surprised by this? Um, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. he must be able to throw him. Like, <laughs> like you've got Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, well, then AJ. You, like, like if you're sitting back and you're looking at it, nobody can see where this shit was coming from. And even his um, manager, which is Sonny Bills and um, Chuck Mundane's manager, said for him to completely quit rugby league, it's just ludicrous. You know, he's actually come out and said that. Well, you know, it's so for him to veto and actually say, no, nah, I'm not playing rugby league anymore. I'm just going to solely focus on, you know, boxing. It's a totally different sport. So <laughs> he must be able to throw them. Again, if you want to go back into this game and be the pro boxer, there's a lot more bigger athletes, smarter athletes in this boxing world. Yeah. You know, you can't just go in and start throwing hammer and tongs against, it's you know, a, there's no disrespect to anybody else that's in this sport already, but you can't go in there and start fighting against guys that, you know, had 30 fights with two wins. Yeah, you, know, you, you just can't do that. You gotta, you gotta start at the bottom, right? I, I know we. I know, yeah, well, he'll he'll probably get a little bit of a leg up due to his his name and his yeah. athletic background, but it's a it's a slog. Like, and at the age of what twenty seven, like I fair know. Like, fair credit to him, but for if if that's the reason that he's doing it, yeah, mm. I like ambitious people. Yeah. I agree, and he's if, just walked is, away from is, that yeah. contract like, well to go done. do this. Yeah. He's yeah. got some good luck, man. Yeah, he must, have some, yeah. he must have some big balls if he's yeah. you if know it's, doing if this. If it's legit and he is just going to go go all in on boxing, well done. It wouldn't surprise me to see him back playing in the NRL in the not too distant future. We see Jason Tamalolo; he's been allowed to have a professional boxing match. So, look, this isn't uncommon, but no. if Pangai's gone all in, good luck to him. Yeah. Gal. Gal yeah. obviously finished his career, but like I say, if Pangai Jr.'s gone in at 27, mm -hmm. hats off to him. It's similar to Mundine, and everyone sort of went, ah, oh, here we go, but... How old was Chuck? I think he was, uh, yeah, probably around the same age, 27. So, what, he's been in the boxing world. He's 40, 40 years old now, just over. You know, he always comes out and been chalky years, wants to sell tickets. <laughs> um, but... In a sense, he's hundred percent right. There'll be no other athlete can do what what he's done in you know both both sports, yeah. both codes. Yeah, I seen that interview or some of the clips that you did with him. Oh, he's brilliant, epic, man. He was, he so he was sensational. Yeah. Like, what what a personality, what yeah. a person, what an achiever. Like, he was incredible. If Pangai Junior can go on to emulate the the boxing career of him, like it'll be something special, especially in the heavyweight division. But uh, that'll wrap us up, GI. We know you've got a plane to catch. Thanks for joining us on Footy Talk. Thanks, no. Connor Watson, as well. Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks for Good having me back, lads. boys. It's been. Like I said, start bands back together. We'll probably come up with a tune next week. What do you reckon? <laughs> I'll get working on that. All right, thanks, thanks for listening. Boys.